So does anybody here know why Oktoberfests are traditionally served in September? It, it, it seems a little, a little weird, a little, uh, I don't know, out of the box. Why do they call it Oktoberfest if they're serving it in September? Without having my Google machine going, <laughs> I just thought it was always a celebration of the upcoming fall. That they started early. Say probably because October, it probably yeah. gets really fucking cold in Germany. Yeah. I don't know. Well, th- that's part of it. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, it no, I love that our listeners are going to be like, you dumbasses, just Google it. There's something with King Ludwig and... Uh, <laughs> Stumbled on into the Tap Takeover podcast. Welcome back to the Tap Takeover podcast. We are in the solid non-fill studio for another tasting episode. Today we're going to do an Oktoberfest tasting. We got four different beers. We got two local ones and two from larger breweries. Let's find out what an Oktoberfest beer really means. Jim, can you tell us? Today we, we call it Oktoberfest. The actual style is a, is a Merzen style beer. German darker lager. It's technically copper in color. You know, it's got some toasty malt driven flavors. It really comes from the Munich and Vienna malts. A little bit of bitterness from the German noble hops. It's become synonymous though with the Oktoberfest. By the way, it happens in September. This is the beer that we're gonna be drinking today. Okay. And what's first up, Jesus? Well, like I said, we're going to start with two uh, local ones and two from larger breweries. And we're going to start first with Fermentorium's Oktoberfest. Probably came out a couple weeks ago. Andy, what are your thoughts on this one? Not too good. It's okay. It has the traditional Oktoberfest flavors in the beer. But to me, it's just kind of watered down. It's like a watered down quality to the beer. The flavors are shining through and popping like they should be. I, I got to agree with you, Andy. This is not a big, bold beer that I would expect from a local craft brewery. This is kind of more reminiscent of kind of a macro-produced Oktoberfest. It's lacking in quite a bit of areas. And that's why I wanted to go with two local and two larger ones, because I thought the interpretation of the smaller breweries would kind of add something a little bit to it. Because when you say Oktoberfest, the variations are not there. Any other beer style, Oktoberfest are kind of all taste the same, right? So I thought Fermentorium was going to do something special here. But you're right, it just tastes like your regular Oktoberfest. You would go to any beer garden and say i want an oktoberfest and this is what it tastes like i just don't think there's anything special about this one alex what do you think it's very true you can go to certain beer styles like a new england style ipa and they're going to be very different you can go to a a stout and they're going to be very different with an oktoberfest it's gonna i don't know it's gonna taste like fall leaves and just just caramel and all that kind of stuff the fact that the style has resulted in so few variations over the years really speaks to what a solid style it is the merits and style you know it goes all the way back to a munich king brewing a beer as a wedding gift for his son i think ever since that beer everything since then has been in very much the same sort of vein and this formentorium is no different it's 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 okay this is not my favorite style i don't know about you guys but it's definitely not my favorite style as a style no not my favorite but the time of the year right we're all doing i would say though as a style it can be a really great beer, yes. uh, but I expect a big malt backbone 
to really support those German noble hops, and this just kind of kind of wishy washy throughout I, the whole. I agree with Jim completely. I mean, it's very wishy washy, and I mean, maybe locally, who I mean, what what's happened since uh, Carl's left the fermentorium? We don't know. Beer's definitely been produced after he was gone. This just—it's a substandard Oktoberfest to me. That's very true. If you go back and listen to our episode with Fermentorium, Carl was definitely a big part of that that interview. He had a lot of thoughts on what beer should taste like and what they shouldn't. And the fact that they're doing this without Carl now, I don't know, that may lend a different sort of perspective to their brewing. This one, I don't know, it's not a hit for me. I'm interested to see what some of these other beers taste like, especially the other one from Milwaukee. What, uh, what do we have up next here, Hazers? The next one is Mopcraft's effort at Oktoberfest. called Moptoberfest. I had this last week. Can't wait for you guys to try it. Is this a fairly new one for Mopcraft? I don't think they ventured into the Oktoberfest arena. Yeah, exactly. Andy, what do you think about this? The Moptoberfest isn't, isn't bad. It's actually kind of tasty. Jim said it was clocking in at 6.3. Might cover up some of the deficiencies and add to some of the flavor it's actually a decent oktoberfest i enjoy it it's definitely on the higher end of the abv scale for this style of beer but there's definitely a lot of malt flavor come through on this one yeah this one tastes a lot more caramelly this is the sort of flavors that i associate with uh, an oktoberfest beer those fun you know fall flavors yeah i could see enjoying a, a nice football game and with this beer I, I couldn't see that with the fermentorium i, I was just not a fan of that one this one, uh, this one's not too bad. I really like their interpretation of it. To me, Oktoberfest is a tough style, but I, I like this one. It's an easy drinking beer. I think they did good. It's really good. It's like a local boy makes good. Henry and Andrew and all the guys at Mopcraft, I think you guys did a good one here. So let's go on to our next beer. So this is where I want to go into like a little bit of the, the larger breweries. So now we're going to do a Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. This is a 2018. If you guys listen to this, I'm butchering the name. I'm sorry, but this is a collaboration with Weinheinstefen, the world's oldest brewery. This is their collaboration beer, Oktoberfest. So, Andy, what do you think? It's more of a traditional Oktoberfest for me. It's got that nice, bready, malty backbone for me. It's quite tasty, reminiscent of fall. It's a little light on the caramel undertones that usually come with an Oktoberfest. But overall, it's a it's a crisp, lighter version of an Oktoberfest, I'd say. Yeah, it, it feels like we're getting more traditional the further we go. You know, we started off with kind of a non-traditional fermentorium and then a more traditional Moptoberfest. And this feels like the most traditional Oktoberfest that we've had so far. Jim, would you agree on the style? Uh, absolutely. I think that collaboration has really brought across the traditional flavors with the breadiness. This is far away something you would absolutely experience if you went over to Munich for Oktoberfest. I think you hit the nail on the head, honestly. This is uh, it's a great beer. The collaboration worked because they went to the source, if you will. <laughs> and uh, no, they, they, they did a good job on this one. I, th- I think it's a, it's a great Oktoberfest. Straight to the teat. Yes. <laughs> to the German teat, yeah. This is a good one. Really enjoying this one. It's it's nice. It's crisp. It's you know It's going to be good on a fall day. You know, if you're walking the dog through the crunching leaves, like this is the sort of beer that you want with you. So the other thing to remember is actually if you're in Oktoberfest, you're drinking liters of this stuff, right? I mean, this is not this is not something you're just having a little eight ounce pour of. You're you're drinking <laughs> liters and liters of this stuff. Big so it needs style. to be very much towards that lager style, something crisper, drier that you can drink a lot of. 
Yeah, and at 6% alcohol by volume, this is definitely a drinkable beer. That's a traditional thing with all of the Oktoberfest. It's a, it's a kind of a unifying concept is we're going to be drinking a lot of this <laughs> because it's during a fest. It's party beer. Yeah. So let's get to the next one. Let's, uh, let's finish this off. Before we get to our last beer, Alex, give us a little history lesson. I'm the history major of the podcast. And let me just tell you a little bit about the Oktoberfest beer and why we drink it in September, because that seems a little, <laughs> a little counterintuitive <laughs> that we're drinking an Oktoberfest beer in September. Part of it was utilitarian. In the 15th century, we didn't have refrigerators. The kegs needed to be clear out of the beer that was brewed the previous March. And that's why Märzen in, in German means March. And that's why we drink a March beer in September. But part of it also dates back to the original Oktoberfest, which was to celebrate the wedding of Bavarian Crown Prince Ludwig and Princess Therese of Saxony Hilberghausen, you know, some weird words that <laughs> Close enough. you don't necessarily know of. That was in 1810, and they had such a great party that every year after they decided to continue that party, and then it got a little cold in October, so they decided to extend it into September so mm. that they could celebrate outside a little more. So it's very utilitarian that's why we celebrate a lot of the oktoberfest in september and why it's been kind of traditionalized into that but oktoberfest runs all the way through october and anytime september october is a good time to drink an oktoberfest so tell us about this last beer that we're drinking here Isus. this is our last one and i wanted to stick outside of uh, wisconsin and still go with a larger brewery so we went to bells so this is bells oktoberfest this is this year's uh, every, everything is from this year so you can go on and grab it andy your thoughts bells congratulations uh you've won this tasting for me <laughs> it's it's actually very well done I, I enjoy it i think you know it's still got the the right amount of brightness qualities from the sierra nevada but not not as much of the brightness in the malt backbone it's just a light crisp refreshing fall beer it is very balanced across all the flavors. Bells did a really great job, and I think they might challenge Nuclearis a little bit on their steak horn on this. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Jim. Uh, the steak horn is by far the best uh, best version of the Oktoberfest that I've ever had, but uh, this one is getting right up there. This is by far the most traditional style that we've drunk tonight. I would dare say the, the best one. I was actually leaning toward that Sierra Nevada one, but something Jim said actually kind of got me thinking, you usually drink a liter of this, and this is a very easy drinking beer. Oh, I could drink I a would love. I would love, yeah, a few liters of this, because this is so smooth and has all those characteristics that you think of Oktoberfest. I can just picture myself sitting on at a beer garden, nice cool night, and just drink pounding these man it's awesome it's still a lager it means needs to be a little bit dry a little bit crisp in order to make it that much quenchable i think bells nailed it they really did no very Uh, good so so what do you guys think to wrap it up uh what order would uh you put everything i think for me i would uh definitely go bells i you know head over heels way more than the other ones then i you know i'd say mobtoberfest and the sierra nevada oktoberfest are about a tie and uh fermentorium i mean that's that's fail territory for me <laughs> i love the bells one best and the fact that it comes in at only five and a half percent very very crushable for me i'm just going to move backwards through our episode i'm going to go bells then i'm going to go with that Sonera nevada collaboration then mobtoberfest and then fermentarium is a fail for me too i i hate to say it but uh that was just that was a miss it wasn't good 
I'm going to agree with Alex here. It is absolutely the reverse of what we tasted here. So Bell's Sierra Nevada, Moptoberfest, and then that Firmatorium. I just, I don't know what they were thinking. I think that's four for four. Yeah, I, I think it's the same exact thing for me. I don't know if it's head over heels above the Mopcraft one and the Sierra Nevada, but I agree with Andy. It's like those two are pretty close. But yeah, Bell's is the best one. And yeah, Fermentorium just, it was disappointing because we've had so much good beer from them. Well, I, I think that's going to do it for us for now. If you have a chance, go check out all of these breweries and all of their beers. Even if they didn't knock this one out of the park, every brewery that we've talked to has been knocking some beer out of the park. It's it's a very fun time to be alive as uh, craft beer drinkers. But for now, it looks like we're out of beer. So uh, for me, for Alex. Jesus. Andy here. Jim. That's going to do it for us, and uh, this has been another Salad Non-Fail production. No.